how much content are you doing intentionally to attract new audiences mm. and then intentionally to engage or nurture your existing audience? Hello and welcome to the Money Makers podcast. I'm Ray Dodd and I help people like you unravel your conditioning and master the skill of money making. So much of traditional business coaching leaves the blame for what's not working in your business, where you're not making money, solely at your feet. But I don't believe that any of this stuff happens in a vacuum. So join me, listen to this podcast, listen to all the episodes of the podcast where we will be moment by moment unraveling that conditioning and freeing you up to earn money in ways that work for you. Welcome to another episode of Money Makers. Today, my guest is the amazing Amanda Perry. And Amanda, I'm going to do a quick intro for you, which I know is weird because you're here, Amanda. But I, I live for these intros. <laughs> if you, don't, if you don't do them with the person on, I just never do them. I'm like, oh, I've got to do that intro. I've got to do that intro. And I forget. So Amanda <laughs> is the founder of the Soup Agency, which is a dig- digital marketing agency. And she is a font of all knowledge when it comes to e-com marketing. I always love your take, Amanda, on um, social media in particular. I've followed you for a long time on social media and I really enjoy your sort of very, I don't know, you're very direct and no nonsense about it, but you you seem to be very balanced in your view on it all as well. So I thought it would be good to get Amanda on to talk about social media in particular, because I was just saying before we press record, I feel like a lot of us are in a bit of a strange place for social media. Mm having experienced this big rush online on 2020 probably and I'd love to hear your take on it I wonder if there's been some fatigue of being online and I know that's been discussed by a lot of people sort of end of 2021 possibly still ongoing and for many of us we run online businesses and that's really difficult so I thought we could chat about all of that but before we get there can you tell us a bit about what you do and how you ended up getting there how you ended up doing what you do. Yeah, well, thank you for the intro. Yeah, so I do run Soup Agency. We're a digital marketing agency based in Sheffield. We work with e-commerce and DTC brands. So we help them grow their revenue online. And if you looked at my, my God, I can't even imagine writing a CV now, but if you were to look at my CV, it would show you, it would actually show you a really accurate representation of my brain. Cause I, I started off in hospitality. I was a chef then I had a cake and coffee shop business for a long time. And then I went into e-com and that's where I started kind of building, scaling, selling mm. businesses. Through that process, there's a there's a brilliant Steve Jobs quote, which is you can only join the dots looking backwards. I kind yeah. of realised that actually there was something in common with all of this. And mm. it was my like creativity and marketing and love of like telling story and mm. that kind of thing. So that's really what led me to going into that that side of it full time, really sticking with e-com because I love it. And, you know, it's just such a, a huge kind of topic and huge niche. So really sticking with that, but helping people with their marketing rather than building my own business in yeah. that respect. Yeah. Nice. And how long have you been running the soup agency now? So the agency's been going probably about three years, maybe a bit more. The early days were very much like 
I have an air quote agency. It was kind of mm, me, mm. you know, me saying, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Jill from McCarran's. Wearing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all of, like, all of the email addresses mm. coming to me. That, that happened for a while. It would have been, I went to New Zealand for three months in 2019. So it would have been kind of summer 2019 when it, mm. it really became an agency, yeah. I would say. Yeah, just in time for the pandemic. Yay! And then, and do you still run your um, courses and stuff? Because you had a membership, didn't you? Do you still have? I did have that. We just closed yeah. the oh. Great Hub down. Actually, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, interesting because we had it for two years, two or three years, yeah. and it was so brilliant, you know. And we helped mm. so many people. And I think last year we kind of worked out that we'd made a collective 50 million between the brands you know wow. it was just like such a such a great place and then last year everything changed yeah it just the whole landscape changed and so I think we got to the point we we changed it a few times we were like mm. okay how can we really help people now okay it looks like this now we need to reduce <sighs> the price people are struggling and yeah it just we just never got back to that magic that it mm. was so yeah sometimes as you know you have to make a decision and kind of change the energy like you have yeah. to shut something down to be able to so we've, we've got something coming back which is really exciting but yeah Ecom Growth Hub's gone for now. Uh, and so is the new thing going to be something not sim- necessarily similar, but like another sort of supporting people in with their businesses, like yeah. l- learning, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it will be learning, but it will mm. be much more a kind of mm, like build your own kind of thing. Yeah. We needed to close it down to really be able to start from a blank page of what do people really need now? And yeah everyone needs something different you know and I think one change that we've seen in the the coaching industry and the course Mm. creator space is that people are sick of kind of look you know getting these oh we've got 10 hours of content and then all of these like cheat sheets and all of this stuff that you have to do I think that there's there's a better way of doing it I think the, the, the industry's progressing isn't it yeah, I think I think so. I think it's quite exciting that how it is doing that. I always think of Lucy Sheridan talks a lot about um like she, I think she says it about the internet, like the internet is like in its teenage years and its adolescence. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's it's getting it, you can feel it maturing. And I feel like the coaching yeah. industry is 100%. doing that alongside it. Yeah. Hundred Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a real like 2.0 kind of yeah. uh, evolution, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's an amazing thing for us to be talking about because I think that's also going on on like in social media as well so yeah. um how do you like from your perspective what have you seen happen over the last couple of years in terms of how the landscape of like let's talk about Instagram particularly but probably mm. you know people's relationship to Facebook I think mm. has changed quite a bit like how have you seen that play out I think there's there's just so many factors aren't there and so many you know if you try and imagine the Venn diagram of everything that's happened over the last mm. couple of years there's like yeah. so many intersections in in that diagram I think that the fundamental thing that has happened is I always say to clients like we can't put all our eggs in one basket mm. and saying it is one thing 
But when that basket is the thing that is giving you sales, it's very hard to prioritise moving your eggs from it because why would you need to? So in 2020, we had this like, it wasn't just that people had to shop online or had more time to spend online. There was this like wartime mentality of support small businesses and buy a gift for your friends and you're not going out, you're not going on holiday, let's buy this, let's send this. People were being so innovative and, you know, I know someone that started creating these little pocket hugs that were sent out, people Mm. sending their their grandparents and, you know, all this really lovely, like, innovative um, stuff going on. And that worked really, really well. And then we hit 2021 and the kind of imperfect storm of the world opening back up for a short period but we didn't know that at the time yeah iOS 14 coming in which mm-hmm. you know we can try and brush it under the carpet as much as we want but it's created an absolute shitstorm for any online business not just e-com not just coaches particularly mm. coaches to be fair and that really shook the foundations of a lot of businesses you know mm. it really had this kind of effect of people running kind of like headless chickens we had clients who lost a really significant percentage of their business overnight and it's taken Mm. you know a good six months to kind of build that back up because Mm. you're looking at at brand new channels so I think specifically with social media so many so many people would identify as Instagram businesses yeah and and so they built their whole business on Instagram and a lot of the conversations we have with prospects kind of you know leads that come in saying I don't want to have to work for every sale anymore I don't want to have to go on Instagram stories to get that sale each day or to get those sales I want it automated I want to use ads Mm. which I completely understand but so many people had fallen into that trap of you know I post at 9am and 3pm and 9pm on Instagram and I know that that pretty much covers my sales Mm. and then Instagram lost its shit like what I cannot cope with all the updates you know it's like it's gone from this for me it's gone from this really confident we know exactly who we are Mm. and what purpose we serve to just looking at TikTok and they're just like how can we we just want to be TikTok and all they're doing is pushing people onto TikTok yes because they do it better yeah and and because they're talking about it they're saying yeah TikTok this and and now we're doing reels and and yeah TikTok just do it better way better I mean I have a I have a lot of opinions around TikTok and the kind of impact on our mental health and our attention and all that kind of stuff but they they are doing it better as a service as a marketing product they're doing it better so I think that added to the fact of everyone's come out out of the the kind of last two years and no one's really talking about it but everyone's just fucked like we're just knackered aren't we and that added to the fact that people are like life feels different I, yeah I I kind of we have this uh, collective experience of 
oh god do you remember when I used to leave the house at like seven in the morning and I wouldn't get home till seven like what was I thinking I never saw the kids and now I've got this much Mm. more balanced life where you know the company uh, I'm working from home or people just have this different view of the world Mm. I think and I think that that has really impacted people's use of social media just just the general I don't want to spend my life scrolling I don't want to spend Mm. my life looking at a screen yeah yeah and so what so for those people let's let's take those examples of people with who very much felt like they had Instagram businesses what can they do I think that the first thing they need to do is just I want to be really careful how I say this. When I closed the hub down, I was saying to them that one thing I noticed and one of the contributing factors to closing it down was as much as in 2020, everything was so positive. Mm. Recently, it started to get quite negative and people would say, oh, this isn't working for me. No, it's not working for me either. Oh, like, oh, you know, the the world's kind of closing in on us kind of feeling. And I think that people need to really take a step back and understand that you can't build a business on someone else's land. Mm. Like you just can't, you know, the the see the water comes in and that, that sand that you're building your business on, Instagram is just washing yeah. away. So I think that's what people, a lot of people are realizing. And my message is very much like you have to have an ecosystem. You cannot Mm. rely on one marketing source. And a lot of people have. And I actually think that that's fine because not everyone should or does want to build that 100K a month business or million pound business or, you know, a lot of a lot of people who are building these Instagram businesses, not all of them, but a lot of, you know, mum who went on maternity and didn't want to go back and started making or, Mm. you know, selling baby products or something Mm. like that. They don't necessarily need to build that huge business. It's just funds to have a nicer holiday or a better Christmas or, and there is zero shame in that. And I think that that has been another really important evolution where, People, I've had conversations with people who said, my mindset's just changed. I thought Mm. I wanted this, but actually I really don't. I feel like I needed the pandemic to kind of stop that hamster wheel and Mm. make me really sit back and think, why why do I want that? And there's this really good book that I'm not going to be able to remember what it's (laughs) called, (laughs) which is really annoying. I can't even remember what the theory's called, but... It's about how, as human beings, we want what other people want. So online, we're just influenced by, oh, they're talking about how they're trying to get to 50K a month. Mm. I I must want that. Or they've bought that car. Oh, I like that. Maybe I want that. You know, and it's this, oh, it begins with an M. I'll find it and send you the link. But it's this, this feeling that online is the perfect breeding ground for, isn't it? Yeah. And if you're not really careful, it's really easy to live your life kind of chasing someone else's dreams in yes. that respect of, yeah. of kind of revenue goals. And just I think in terms of like what success looks like to you, like I think that the dis- the discussion of, and I think this really was a big thing and is, but I think the pandemic has really shifted it, particularly in the coaching space of like, you have to, like every month you have, not only do you have to be making big money, you need to be making more money. 
every yeah. single month yeah. and if you're yeah. not then you're then it's not going well yeah and that's yeah. just like I don't think many people were actually managing that but the belief was that that's what success looked like yeah I think that that's what I've always found uncomfortable about the coaching industry is the mm-hmm. the MLM kind of aspect of it of yeah. that kind of lifestyle marketing and mm. no one's no one's talking about although a couple of people have come out and have written really good blogs yeah uh, uh, Vanessa Lau wrote one yeah and Tyler McCall I think did as well yeah, yeah. yeah. about what a tough year it was and the reality yeah. of it and I really think the coaching industry needs more of that because yeah it definitely doesn't need any more kind of girl bosses talking no. about six figure this seven figure that because yeah. it's it's just so everyone's goals are different and yeah. it's just so murky isn't it it can yeah. become really really murky and and, yeah. and misleading yeah and I think my concern with with like because I've seen that shift with people and my concern is often that when we feel unsafe so with everything that's going on particularly I mean we're recording this a week into the Ukraine Russia situation so don't know where that will be at by the time the episode goes out but I think 2021 in 2020 I feel like we like we did that whole very like blitz spirit we can do this a lot of us went into action and we're like Mm -hmm. and and it was a boom year for a lot of online businesses and then in 2021 we didn't have the energy anymore we didn't have that and we and we were like shit this is still happening like I remember thinking well how long will this be like six weeks maybe and it was like it's not just that that it became months and it became like actual years yeah and I my concern like I totally agree like I do think I've always talked about making life-changing amounts of money never about actual figures because I think that life-changing amounts of money is relative to every, like, different Thanks to everybody. Yeah. yeah. And so that's always been where I've wanted to talk about it. I worry a little bit that some people are going to retreat into what feels like safety, mm. but isn't. Mm. Do you know what I mean? A little bit of like, oh, I, oh, no, I don't need to earn that amount of money. I don't. It's fine. I'm fine where I am, actually, yeah. because I can't. And, and I get that. I think there's a space for that because stretching our comfort zones relentlessly is just not not good but I also feel like I hope we swing back a bit because I also thoroughly believe that we need more people making yeah (laughs) I agree and particularly women especially women like exactly I completely agree with that and I guess in that respect maybe I'm a little bit conflicted because I hate I hate seeing people feeling it's it should isn't it yes should Yes. Like I should be doing this. I should be yeah. doing that. Yeah, maybe you should be, but you've also got like three kids to look after, <laughs> and you know, like laundry to do, and just all of that stuff. And I know this is veering into like women's stuff again, but whether that's you know whether that's right or wrong, day to day, these businesses I'm talking to, they're like they're knackered. You know, their yeah. kids are homesick, and so yeah. I think that there's yes bigger picture we need to reconstruct the the entire system so it's easier Mm. for women to make money and it's harder for us just to retreat into like oh no yeah no yeah you you make money but I think day to day it's just really important to get away from this like kind of constantly beating ourselves over the the head what I'm saying is you know I should be doing this I should be doing that but I think it's sorry go on no you go on I was just going to say, just to go back to your point about, 
I remember at the beginning of the pandemic and there was a lot of discussion. I'm seeing it online, having this chat with people about, and even our clients saying, we shouldn't be selling. It's not right yes. to be selling. We shouldn't, or should we, or can we? And yeah. I actually had a chat with Lucy Sheridan about mm. it. We were like, what do you do? Like it mm. felt so new and kind of raw, didn't it? And then yeah. as time went on, obviously you can't, and I'm seeing the same discussion now with the war situation, yeah. which is obviously really, really sad and also very, very, very new. And I think what we've realised is that it doesn't really help anyone to stop selling. No. Like you can you can be sensitive and you can make sure that your messaging and your copying creative is sympathetic and isn't mm. kind of, you know, couldn't be misconstrued mm. in the situation. Yeah, really, I don't think it helps anyone to stop selling. I don't. I'm going to write a post today, actually, which is just like, which will probably say I've got a few posts in mind. But one of them is every time you've sold something, every time you've had a big month, every time you've anyone's bought anything from you somewhere, someone was really suffering. Like this idea that like you can just see it now. That's it. Like people have been at war. People have been being killed. People have been dying every time you've mentioned anything that you were selling so it's that thing of what's in our consciousness makes us go like oh man I've got so much to say on this I can't I'm like so much (laughs) (laughs) but it's just so it's such a misreading of the situation it's such a misery it's such a privileged position it's also like because like you know I'm the um person who earns the money in my family like I remember when the pandemic happened I was like that's great that you you can all pause what am I going to do if I pause yeah like the government wasn't offering limited companies anything really no 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 one else earns money in my house so what do we do I have to sell I think that's a really interesting point though and I think that it's another contributing factor to particularly Instagram but I see I'm spending more and more time on LinkedIn now and I see Mm. on there like even worse in a way because it's it's not as overt but this I I feel like I'm sat in a room and I'm like why is no one talking about what's going on like why why are we not and it's because people are scared because you say one wrong thing and you're gonna get like your comments will be absolutely Mm. like annihilated and your name will be dragged through and Mm. anything can be taken out of context and you know we see it all the time like with people who are speaking out about something maybe it's not always in the right way but potentially with the best intention and I remember having this discussion with a lot of creators while the kind of BLM movement was was Mm. happening in June 2020 about like how are we ever gonna if we can't ask these questions if we can't Mm. talk about things that are sensitive in our modern day forum which is social media yeah. you know we're not sat in especially through lockdown we weren't sat mm. in pubs chatting about it yeah you know? if I can't discuss something that I'm really curious about and potentially get some of the mm. verbiage wrong in it yeah without someone saying that's really offensive you shouldn't say that and I'm not talking about outwardly offensive stuff I'm talking yeah. about being curious and and opening up the conversation then how are we ever going to get past 
the situation that we're in, you know, mm. and it's a, it's a bit like what you said about, you know, set, like that will that will trigger some people. I'm going to sell. Like every time yeah. I've sold, people have been suffering. Yeah. Oh yeah, but you know, my family, are ex- you know, that's going to trigger some people, mm. and we really need to get to a point where we can have these difficult conversations yeah. without it becoming, you know, you said this, I'm going to get my whole audience on you yeah. and cancelled, or you know, yeah. whatever the situation yeah. might be. Yeah, and I think it's happening so frequently now in some ways that you know the whole idea that someone's completely cancelled hasn't I haven't seen that happen it's it went through a phase of happening a a lot and I feel like it's calmed down a bit in that if you can apologize a lot of the time if you stay cancelled it might be because not not completely but it might be because didn't hold up your hands and go you know what you're so right I've messed up and you come out immediately and you give that no like justifying just an outright I'm really sorry and I'm listening and then we've got a few people that I can think of who have done it over and over and over again and they're struggling to come back from it but I feel like there is more movement sometimes than it's portrayed that there is and I want to say at the same time I know sometimes people get really really blasted and it's a different thing but I think there's a lot to be said for being able to apologize and know when to be quiet for a bit yeah. And then come back. Like I do, yeah. I do. I think that's something I've had to really work on for my, yeah. for my own ability to post. Yeah. Is what I mean. No, I agree. Like, I, I had agree. To re- I th- yeah, I think I can think of quite a few examples of people who have completely disappeared, actually, mm-hmm. and conversations that you have around it that perhaps there is. I, I think the saying there's no smoke without fire is actually really outdated online. Like there actually <laughs> there can be so a much lot of smoke, smoke without fire, can't yeah. there? Yeah. Um but the situation with a lot of businesses where yeah, they're not apologizing, they're not coming back quickly enough. Yeah. And saying, or it gets so messy. And I think this kind of feeds really nicely into what we're talking about. Mm about social media it's really easy to create a house of cards business isn't it yes you know that you you can you can set up an Instagram handle and you can I don't know if you saw the story last week of the guy who set up a digital agency in Manchester and it was just completely fake yes I did see that yeah it's like and all these stories about you know the tinder swindler and all of this and I know they're not businesses as such, but you can, perception is reality online. Mm. And you can, I speak to people who, who say, you know, so-and-so's doing so well or this business and, and, you know, maybe, you know, that they're not doing so well, but they, people have this perception of you are what you say you are. Yeah. <laughs> to, to a large extent. And also people just like presume stuff. Like someone yeah. was chatting to me in my DMs just saying like, oh, you must be inundated with people talking about this in your DMs. And I was like, no, it's just you. It's just you and me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not inundated. Like, but it's... Carry on trying. Yeah, totally fine. <laughs> but it's just so interesting. Like I've never said I'm inundated. I haven't gone out and, you know, said that. But the presumption yeah. is from that person, she might be the only person that thinks it. But from that, <laughs> her perspective, that's what my my existence must be like. Like, I remember particularly, like, talking to clients and saying, I've never, and I think this is still true, I've never had anything sell out immediately, ever. 
I've never had a thing that I haven't had to keep sending those emails for, keep showing up, where I wasn't getting the last minute signups. I never had that. So it's those things where, but they'd be like, really? Oh, I just presumed everything was blah, blah. And I'm like, well, no, we're like, no, it's like, it's, there's what we, there's people, there definitely are people saying that things are one way and they're not. And and there's that side of it. But there's also what we bring to the table, what we make presumptions about filling in gaps that, you know, we don't we don't have any business filling in. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I think that's it's that's such a refreshing thing to say as well, because we're so used to like particularly the coaching industry yeah really have taken the idea of like scarcity and urgency and just run with it I mean like like make your own interpretation of the word scarcity you know like I can't cope with it you know your family's gonna die (laughs) no that is not scarcity please don't use those tactics but also like the coaching industry is all about ridding yourself of scarcity mindset yeah that's the whole like that's like it's abundance and scarcity mindset but they use scarcity and I would say their abundance stuff is very sort of pick and choose as well like it just it drives me mad as a coach this is what like when I realized I wanted to be a coach I was like oh come on no thank you (laughs) yeah I know that's it isn't it you're like what other word can I use apart from coach because it's just the connotations are just of this kind of snake oil industry aren't they and honestly I mean yeah some of the some of the kind of offers and tactics that you see are really Mm. yeah like you say and these like mindset coaches that are talking about yeah abundancy and lack of scarcity and all this and they've got this massive countdown time on the line yeah yeah oh god do I need to I need to buy it now yeah yeah it's it's yeah it's a lot Uh, but I'm very much of the opinion that People are looking for coaches. So if you name yourself something else, they're not, they're just not going to find you. They're going to find the coaches that are called yeah. coaches that are yeah. shady. I'm, I'm always a disruptor from within. <laughs> it's always my, my thing. And I also think you stand out so well if yeah. you are different in an industry. I had a, a client quite a while ago who was a health visitor and health visitors have a really bad reputation amongst mums. Some of it justified, some of it not, but like yeah. there are wonderful health visitors and there are terrible ones. Yeah. And she was always like, should I change the name? And I was like, no, be the different health visitor, be this yeah. unusual thing in this world. Caring and, yeah, like yeah. disrupt yeah. what they're expecting and you will stand out way more yeah. than if you don't essentially yeah, like that's if such you a good point it. isn't it people really try and kind of break the mold and yeah be be disruptive in a way that's completely unnecessary yeah. like you know yeah. I always think the the medical you know when you're searching for an illness online you never see such a good example of effective SEO do you like you can literally <laughs> prove that you have anything that you're looking for and it's yeah the same thing isn't yeah it? Same totally thing. <laughs> never thought about that that's so true <laughs> So with all of the stuff that's been going on, I mentioned at the beginning that you talked about this idea of seeding. Could you talk to us about what you mean by seeding? And and you've kind of touched on, I know, the concept of it in terms of not putting everything in one basket, but like, and what that can look like in a business. Yeah, I think that the idea of seed, I mean, it's nothing new, really. It's just the idea of seeding when it comes to content. I just love how visual it is. And I Mm. think... It, it applies in a couple of different ways. One is kind of the, the scattering of it. But mm. the other visual thing for me is 
this idea that people will think, oh, I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do an Instagram live with someone and they'll do the Instagram live and you'll go, Oh, how did it go? Oh, it was rubbish. I didn't get any sales and I didn't get any of this. You know, and it's this idea that we do one thing causes that huge spike. Or, yeah. You know, and we've been sold this, haven't we, by people like show up more, do more, and you'll see the impact. And it doesn't, it's a consistency thing, yeah. isn't it? And this is what I love about where the industry is now and online businesses in general I think it applies to coaching as well Hmm. is that we are going to be forced to go back to that building the foundations like building really strong foundations because you are not building an Instagram business in 2022 you know Hmm. one that will be sustainable and will last if it's a a trend thing maybe yeah almost everyone that I know wants to build something that has legs and will last and can be something they're really proud of Mm. and so everything we're looking at at the moment is around the flywheel which I've put loads of content out about but the seeding aspect for me is about taking this idea let's stop going oh I I post on Instagram and then sometimes I copy that over to Facebook or I'll repurpose it on Facebook and I try and do LinkedIn but I don't really do it let's stop thinking about that and start from the objective and the purpose and the objective is to attract new customers bring them back time and time again and give them a great experience Mm. so how can we do that and what platforms do we need to be on and it's not people when you speak to people and you say what platforms are you on oh just Instagram because it's it's a lot isn't it it is a lot, but it doesn't all have to... What if the effort that you're putting into Instagram can just be spread over the platforms? Mm. It's not going to take you any more time or yeah. energy, and it's all going to be the same content, just kind of broken down or told in different ways for the platforms. Mm. And I think we're so used to this idea of automating and making it easy and, you know, how can I get my... How can I do this four-hour work week and all this? and. Mm. And maybe we just need to realise that that isn't it. Like, that's not how we're going to build these businesses we can be really, really proud of. Mm. I heard a a brilliant saying the other day by Daniel um, Murray, I think he's called, the guy that runs the Marketing Millennial podcast. Mm. And he said, someone asked him on this live I was watching, someone asked him, where do I start, like, with content? Where do I start Mm. building an audience? And his advice was, do unscalable things like answer every DM, answer every single comment, go out and follow the 10 people in your industry that you're inspired by and comment on every single one of those posts. Stop Mm. thinking about when I'm over there and Mm. and do unscalable things. Like there's no way you can do that when you've got an audience of of 20K, 50K, 100K, Mm. but you can when you're building. And it's a really important part of building and, I feel like this is the idea of seeding is what's the point in saving all that time and automating everything if you've got no bloody sales? Yeah. You know, like mm. you're you're just it's just an expensive hobby, isn't it? Like mm. we have to start taking this stuff more seriously. And we've been through the last five years, you know, a few years ago you would open up your business manager put 20 quid on and you Mm, were pretty much mm. guaranteed to make 60 80 quid it's just not like that anymore you know we have to be really understanding of our customer journey 
And honestly, I think this is where, particularly as Web3 and the metaverse stuff starts coming in, I really think this is where we're going to see this divide between businesses, like a, a much more pronounced divide between lifestyle businesses. Again, mm. no shame, absolutely fine to have mm. that. And e-commerce D2C mm. brands who are um, scaling and are, you know, really do understand that journey. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's the, I think for a lot of people, it's the change in the landscape has felt quite swift. And so for a lot of people, they're kind of like, oh, okay, Massively, something's yeah. changed. And yeah. I guess one of the things that I would say is, it's like, like you say, we're in it for the long run. And mm. so it's allowing yourself that space to adjust and try the new thing. And one of the things I loved about what your post about seeding is it felt like it put a lot less emphasis on the numbers you got in a certain place. Yeah. And instead it was about finding the people mm. that liked your stuff in a number of places. Yeah. And it felt much more about the quality of the content rather than the quantity of the interactions. Yeah. And also the quality, the quality of the, the engagement, Mm. you know, not all Mm. follows are equal, are they? Or like, let's stop focusing on, oh, my Instagram account hasn't grown. Who cares? Like, is your engagement growing? Are you even tracking the right metrics? Because everyone I speak to is like, I only got this many likes. Okay, great. How many website clicks did you get? Mm. Or like, how much content are you doing intentionally to attract new audiences? And then intentionally to engage or nurture your existing audience. Yeah. And I think that people just really need to understand that the game has changed. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that it's got harder. It's, for me, it means that we've actually simplified things or we can <laughs> simplify things. Yeah. By looking at that. Even the flywheel, even the flywheel that we talk about, people are used to going, oh God, I need to do, I haven't done any PR and oh god SEO yeah put that on the list and you know another thing to just keep getting pushed and pushed down Mm. the to-do list because honestly like who wants to sit and do their own SEO but there's all these things that people are like oh and I need to do this and this and this and and it adds to this like I've got too many hats to wear and I'm overwhelmed so I'm not going to do anything rather than think like that let's think about we've got a flywheel we need to attract engage and delight customers that's all we need to do so how are we going to attract them what platforms are we going to use to attract our customers Mm. then how are we going to engage them and the the magic for me is the delight bit because over Mm. the past few years we have so many clients who hand their business over to us and the delight Mm. for me really holds them accountable to we can send as much traffic to your website and we can create mm. sales for you. But unless you're doing this bit, you're never going to create this army of raving fans yeah. that are going to just, you know, imagine if 10% of your customers, 20% of your customers were out there actively saying, oh my God, I just bought this and it's brilliant. Yeah, You know, you don't have to be Molly Mae to be an influencer. If my <laughs> mum posts a new bar of chocolate online, you better believe I'm I'm picking it up exactly. next time in Sainsbury's, you know? We're yeah. influenced by whether we're, whether someone has an audience of 100 or 100,000, mm-hmm. they have influence. For me, that really simplifies the whole process. And that's that's what we're basing everything on in the agency this year to just really help people simplify but also like 
where where can we make the the most traction let's forget about piling money into facebook mm. because in your delight phase you're not even like you haven't even got your customer service sorted or yeah. you've got a really bad postal experience that we could really improve and mm. do a bloom and world where everyone takes a photo every time they get yeah. a delivery you know yeah. and that that is part of their marketing strategy yeah and that's that's there's no budget needed for that we no. can do that in really cost effective ways and so I think seeding is part of this idea of it's about reaching people. So that could be content. It could be how you think of influencers. Yeah. Who, who do you need? Whose audience do you want to see talking about this product or attracted mm-hmm. to your to your page or your business? Mm-hmm. And I think we've really fallen into this trap of, as I said earlier, these really like instant results. And yeah. We shouldn't be looking for that. And I know, I know some people might think, oh, that's all right for you to say, but I've got three quid in my business account, you know? Yeah. There's, there's different circumstances, but we really need to get away from this bro marketing, click funnels kind mm. of, you know, put put money in. I remember when I first started doing ads and people were like, we're calling it the, the money tap, you know, turn it on and turn it off. And there was a time when it was that, but mm. it just isn't now. We need to put the work in. And I, weirdly, for someone who's made their money through Facebook ads, I think that that is an absolutely brilliant thing because it's going to force people to grow their businesses in a better way that mm. feels so much nicer, like just yeah. feels so much more fulfilling than just... Mm piling more money in and not really sure if you're making a return because Facebook's telling you this and Google's telling you this and yeah you know it's just just a much nicer way of doing it yeah and not being sure sometimes of the quality of the people you're getting in as well I think that was my experience with Facebook ads was a bit like oh there's lots of people but they're not buying stuff exactly and you're pouring a lot of money in but it's not necessarily actually furthering your business but you feel like you I was really funny when I started doing ads because people would mess with me going oh my god it's so wonderful to see your business doing so well and I was like I'm just you can pay for that that's not that's not you can put money in that and you can have the same success I'm having which is just paying win the ads yeah (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um but I love that so attract engaged delight that's such a lovely useful thing I think for everyone to hear thank Mm. you so much I could talk to you about this all day um thank you for and do let us know what the name of that book is I would love to hear about that he's called Luke something um I'll send you the link though because it's yeah we'll put it in the show notes it's like a great book yeah (laughs) um and can you tell people like where they can find you and your agency as well yeah um i i was about to really contradict everything i've i've been saying (laughs) so come find me on instagram (laughs) but yeah instagram's a good place at perry linkedin i spend a lot of time on there as well i'm trying to get back into twitter because yeah. I feel like it's a really like good, intelligent mm. conversation, but Instagram and LinkedIn for now. I think one thing just to say before we go as well is like, I think the way MySpace just dropped off the face of the earth has scarred a lot of us. And so we imagine yeah. that 
various social media platforms are just going to disappear and they could do but if you look like twitter has been people have been talking twitter down for years still going facebook same people are still using it people are still making a lot of money from facebook groups i'm not saying they're the easy win they used to be but people are Mm. doing them well they're still Mm. working for them i I spend a lot of time on tiktok these days but i might delete it because it makes my head hurt they complain about the algorithm they're like this app isn't what it used to be like all this like stuff it's and it's so interesting to you saying yeah I might get back into Twitter like all these things that we've heard they've had their day what you said about the ecosystem makes so much sense I think that actually it's things aren't closing in they're opening up they are I would say and and this is that's such a good point because the whole the whole thing about like Web3 and stuff is about decentralizing the internet. So there will yeah. be a time very soon where it's not about the platforms. They don't yeah. hold the monopoly. We hold the monopoly. Yeah. And I think what's happening now is the kind of precursor to that where they're getting deplatformed. Like yeah. I think that the there's two things. One is when you look at Twitter and LinkedIn as in the context of all the social media platforms, they're actually the ones that have been the most consistent. Yeah. And they're seen as the kind of boring, yeah. pretty ones. But they've been really consistent. They've stuck mm. to their guns from day one yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, it's Facebook that, you know, is like got, got this um, schizophrenia. About, yeah. Now with this, now with this, now we're adding this, trying yeah. to be all things to all people. Yeah. And I think that, it comes a lot of it comes down to demographic like who you're trying to reach yes that's a great thing when we're looking at seeding because who is our audience and where are they yeah you know let's let's go there yeah absolutely thank you so much thank you thanks for inviting me you are welcome all right bye-bye thanks for listening if you've been enjoying the podcast i'd be really grateful if you'd share about it on instagram just do a little screen grab post a little comment on your stories that would be amazing and if that's not your thing or if you want to be like super supportive (laughs) then you can also leave a review both of those things are really amazing ways that you can support what we're talking about here and getting this way of talking about money to reach more people i'll see you next time